It's everything Queensland footy. Good bold football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is Triple M Footy's Northern Exposure. Yes, it is Triple M Footy's Northern Exposure. Everything AFL in the Sunshine State and, well, the disaster that was for the Lions on Ooh. Friday night. Yes, uh, Jack and Will, we'll get to that very soon. Uh, but news breaking today, and as we uh, record just at 11 a.m. Tuesday morning, uh, Isaac Rankin, we've wanted the Gold Coast Suns to hold on to him all year. We've given every benefit possible, but news has come in that looks like it's going another way, Jack Fulham. Yeah, about five minutes ago, we got the email through from the Suns, said that Isaac Rankin has requested a trade home to Adelaide or to South Australia. Um, We know where he's going. It's going to be the Adelaide Crows. It's going to be on an absolute monster of cash. It's one of those hard ones where you don't, blame a young man for taking a life-changing amount of money. You can't, can you? No. And also, you can't blame the Suns for not wanting to go that high financially um, and, and put their cap situation in a in a predicament to hang on to a player with great potential, but he's probably not worth 800k right now. So... It is sad to see him leave the Gold Coast Suns, but in the long term, I don't think it's going to be a huge blow for the Suns. I think they will be able to fill that void pretty quickly, but no, they put a lot of work into him. It's a shame to see. They secured everyone else, but uh, probably just not this time around for the Suns. We'll get to their season and a few of their big stars for what has been their best season ever, but... We do have to cover off on the Brisbane Lions, and that's where I turn to our man, Will Rolson, who's down the studio in Melbourne. Will, a 58-point loss, Friday night footy, a sold-out gabber, and the game wasn't theirs from the first minute. G'day, guys. Yeah, I didn't see it, actually. Could you guys fill in uh, what what happened? (laughs) You're right, there's not been enough coverage. I will say, Jack, we're pretty happy that there has... No, the footy world is talking about the Lions, but there's not a single positive story to come out of this. Yeah, it is uh, all negative. And you you have a look at a Brisbane Lions side, which, what, a month ago were saying, you know, they look like being a lock for the top four, you know, just fix up a few things defensively. They could win the flag. They seem a million miles away from it now, don't they, Will? Yeah. Yeah, Melbourne. Oh. They're our kryptonite, and they played a brand of footy that looked like the brand that won the flag last year. But it's like they only show up to play that way when they play us. <laughs> I don't know what it is about us. They are just one of those kryptonite sides, and it's no excuse for the performance. I'm just, I was stunned by how bad we were, and I had a sick feeling that it was going to happen going into it. Those big Friday night, all eyes on us sort of performances, everything on the line, and we just failed again. It's been a bit of a trademark under Chris Fagan, which is so disappointing because he's turned the club around and we've had uh, chats on our own little uh, Instagram chat about what we think about Fagan going forward to see the man. And I hate the idea of sacking a coach that's delivered us into the finals four years in a row after we had nearly a decade in the wilderness uh, before that. But yeah... Questions have to be asked, and we're one from six in finals under Fagan. It could go to one from seven if the bookies have their way. It's a concern. It's a major worry, and that was the the most demoralizing performance I think I can remember in the last five years. Well, the situation is now that the Lions, for the third time in four years, will face <laughs> Richmond in a final at the Gabba, 1-1 at this point. Thursday night, September the 1st, all eyes back on the Gabba, and you're right. Uh, that, that is the situation. Uh, when we discussed all the finals permutations last week that we did not want because the Tigers will be coming in hot. and uh, But we will get to that next week because there's still so much to unpack from this game. We'll 
we'll just start with um, I want to start with Cam Rayner first. He will front the tribunal tonight. The Lions opting to challenge the one-match ban for a dangerous tackle. I'm actually of the view, when I saw the tackle, I went, that's a week. Yep. The more mm. I watch it, I go, I reckon there's an argument against it here. And I, I'm actually quite confident that they can successfully challenge this, Jack. Well, at the start of the year, we got told that the AFL would be cracking down a lot harder on tackles like that, on the, you know, the sling action, the real dumping of the head into the turf. And it's one of those things where I know it's going to hurt the Lions, Cam Rayner getting a week, not being there, but I also think that the AFL needs to stand by the courage of its convictions that it had at the start mm-hmm. of the year and say that's a week and, and throw it out. Will, we're split 1-1. One, one. How do you lean there? Uh, I'm of the opinion that if it was any other uh, player, you know, from a different side, if I could take my bias out of it, I would like to see them get a week. I think it's just a bit reckless, and you could tell there was real intent in his tackle because we were playing a very punchy brand of footy. We were, which mm. was so strange. It was, it was like we'd come out there with the intent to hurt players, and it obviously didn't work. And then it's left us with a man down, potentially two, depending on what happens with Answorth as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think he should get the week, but then we saw what happened with Paddy Cripps. I don't have any faith in the tribunal at the moment no. or the match review officer, so who knows? Anything could happen. He could get a second week for all we know. Now, Will, you touched on the Lions' tough guy approach that they you know, yes. started the match with, and they've copped a lot of heat for it in the media. Fake um, toughness, yeah, pseudo-toughness. The, the, the faux tough guy approach. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like them because... You know, most of the time, and you know, we've got the chance to know a lot of these guys through working up here, is that they are nice, respectful blokes. There aren't a lot of, uh, you know, maybe apart from Zorko and, and Robinson, like really aggressive types in that line side, which it just makes it seem so much more out of character for them to, mm. you know, to want to, to go hard at opponents. Yeah, it felt unnatural, didn't it? Mm. And I don't know if it was a directive from Fags, if it was something that the leadership group wanted to stamp some authority, because we got absolutely bullied by the demons when we played them up here at the MCG. Yes. Down here, sorry. And so it must have been some sort of, from from the first bounce, we're going to get in their faces, we're going to be unrelenting. And we just didn't touch the footy. That was the problem. No. They, from the first bounce, we saw it tap back to Oliver and he just swooped a handball over the top. I think it was Brayshaw that just had 20 metres of space to run out the front of the square. And that just kept happening. And I don't know. It was whatever we did just didn't work. It was and like the fastest was... game of keepings off I've ever seen. Like they'd kick it yeah. right out wide. Melksham took a mark on the boundary. It was able to run it straight back in. And the Lions you're right, didn't get a hand on the footy, but we talk about this pseudo toughness and this I guess for lack of a better term try and draw a line in the sand here as revenge yeah. which is going to bring us to where we all know where we're going is to the Dane Zorko situation now across the weekend we've seen a lot unfold and I've had three different stories told to me oh. can you believe that Dane Zorko mm. said XYZ now these have come from a lot of people who I guarantee you could not name three players in the Brisbane Lions lineup. Yeah. now I'm going to present a slightly different view to a lot of people. I'm going to say hate the sin, not the sinner here, because there's been a lot of personal attacks on Dane Zorko. I've seen the Lions fans forum. They've turned on him. Not calling, mm. uh, they're going against his leadership. Remember, this is the captain that took the Lions out of the doldrums. Mm. You know, a very bad situation from the Rockcliffe Beams era, and he's straight in the ship. Now, we know what he's like on the field. White line fever like you've never seen. Little 175 centimetre bloke who is will hey who is willing it's classic will, small man syndrome it, yeah sure yeah <laughs> call it call it what it is but you know sometimes a bit of fighting has to be done between the years the game is not as physical as it used to be now what he said 
and no, any of those three things that I've heard and been reported throughout the week, I don't like. I cannot condone. No. But the Lions were getting belted. And the, during that first quarter, he was, and I've seen it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks as well, he's been the only one to step up and take the game on when they needed a spark. He took about two or three hand passes, you know, just getting the footy back and trying to break the lines. And that's when he got wrapped up in a tackle, arm around the neck. He's calling for a free kick. Rascal behaviour. He gets riled up by a few Demons players. He goes the nuclear option. Hate the sin, not okay. the sinner. Look, mm. Will, I'm, I'm going to turn to you because out of the three of us, you love this club more than anyone I've actually ever met. Uh, what's your view? This, is, this has been your captain for years and years. The I imagine, as we've talked about at the start of the show, the tabloids are going off about this. Big Lions news down in Melbourne. Uh, I want to get your view on this whole situation because there's call, plenty of calls for his head as a leader. I, I don't know where to stand. Jack, you and I know him off-field and we'll declare that interest, and he's done wonderful things for the game up oh, here in Queensland. He's a terrific bloke off the field. Yeah. yeah. Will, yeah. I'm going to look to oh, you, mate. Uh, yeah, how off how the do you field. see this? Off the field, he's a wonderful ambassador of the club. I've got no issues with anything. And him as a bloke, I obviously haven't really met him, but I've organised to have interviews with him and he's always been very, very good and helpful and courteous. But on field, he's just too much of, as we've been saying, he, he's got white line fever like no other player I've ever seen. And I've had issues with his captaincy for years. And it's not an on-field issue. He's won five best and fairest, the most in the history of the club. He's, fairest he's being the key star. word there. Hmm? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's ill-disciplined. He gives away more 50-metre penalties than anyone at the club, almost anyone in the comp. Uh, he is he gives away free kicks when we need to give them away the least. That headlock thing on, uh, was it Langdon when it was running up the boundary? And yeah. it's Things like that, it, they're so constant. And then something like this... I find so unsurprising. If if Petty didn't uh, get so emotionally and visibly upset by the comment, it may well have just been something that stayed on field and we never would have heard about it. And I have a feeling he's got a history of doing things like this. So I'm really disappointed and I actually do think it's time that we try and find a new leader. I've, I've had this feeling for a while and I think it's reached a tipping point now with Zorks. Okay, so this is where we now get to what I believe is the next problem because after that, I see a real leadership vacuum. I know you've got Harris mm. Andrews as the vice captain. Harris hasn't had his best year this year. I think right now he needs to focus on his own game. After that, I I don't know where to look for Brisbane's next captain. Mm. Should it not be Dane Zorko? Um, I don't think McCluggage and Berry are at that stage of their careers yet. It's too much pressure to put on Cam Rayner. He's still developing. Jack, can do I you have any ideas? a left field candidate. Go for it. He's please. highly respected inside the club. He's actually very, you know, twerking. Reece Matheson. <laughs> <laughs> not the worst. Not the worst, not yet. <laughs> Not Reese Matheson. Uh, this guy, he's, he's very talkative inside the club. Um, you know, he leads by example. He's very well respected, lovely human being. Lincoln McCarthy, he's part of the leadership group at the moment. Yeah. And I'd say that he has been one of the Lions' most consistent performers over the last two years. Good wholesome story. And I don't think he'd be a long-term captain, but I feel like he could captain the club for a couple of years until a Cam Rayner or a Hugh McCluggage is really ready to step into those shoes. Okay. Yeah. Will? I, I I just think the obvious choice would be Lockie Neal. He feels like a natural leader. He puts a team on his back when we need someone to perform, and he's our best player. So I think having someone who is really talented as a footballer, as Zorks is, is important to me anyway. I, I just find that as someone where you're not questioning their selection ever. Uh, so I don't know. I, I pr- 
prefer Leo, uh, Lockie Neal, but I feel like it's something that we just, it, it doesn't matter who we think because we don't get to see behind the closed doors enough. So uh, I'm not really concerned well, uh, who takes it over. We'll have about a week or so to simmer down and we'll start pivoting towards how the Lions face up against the Tigers because that's going to be yeah. the next now challenge of Dane Zorko's leadership. <laughs> but uh, just quickly on Lockie Neal, has he done enough to lock up the Brownlow or is it going to be our man Tuke Miller? Yeah, interesting. I think Lockie may have cost himself, not not that it was his fault that we lost, but I think him not getting votes on the weekend, because he certainly won't, may well just be the difference. And Took, he as Sexton kicking six might have cost Ooh. him. Um, I know in the triple MVP, I think he needed two or three. I think it's behind. That's also behind closed doors. Maybe I can't reveal that. Ooh. But um, he, Took was right at the top of the triple MVP, and I'm not sure where he ended. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I think it's actually going to be a really close, low voting race this year, which is exciting. Very exciting. Well, yeah, probably... just a well, I think like we're due for a brown low, you know, where it's a, a two or three way tie, and you know the yeah. votes are in the low to mid twenties because they're the most, they're the best to watch on brown low night. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You want to see Absolutely. it go down to the to the last round, and you know, as, as great as it's been seeing champions like Ollie Wines and Dangerfield and and Dustin Martin in twenty seventeen streak away with 30-odd votes. Boring night. <laughs> it is boring, yeah, isn't boring it? Night. Yeah, especially when you know who's going to win by round 11. It's, yeah. yeah, and you yeah. want a bit of Melbourne. C. Petrarca, oh! three votes. You want a bit of that drama when you can't tell if it... Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully we do see a bit of that because Brownlow night can be fun. Can I ask you, who do you, think was a, who do you think is a better Brownlow performer as AFL CEO? McLaughlin or Andrew Demetrio? I think Gill's completely polished. I, yeah. I, I think he could be a... Well, you look at Hamish. You know, you've got one of the, one of the best media performers going around. Yeah, but see, I, I, I liked the sort of chaos that Demetrio brought to the party. <laughs> he kept you guessing on Brownlow because half the time he didn't know which round he was opening. Uh, Nahas. <laughs> Two votes. Uh, I'll never forget when K-Hunt finally got read out. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of the Gold Coast Suns, we should probably have a look at them. They finished off their season uh, in sensational style, it must be said. 67-point win over the Roos. We knew that was going to happen. Season already dead and buried. But what I can say is that as officially the Gold Coast Suns' best season record. 10 wins, 12 losses. Brings them level with 2014, but a percentage of 102.8. So I'd argue that is their strongest season of all time. It's the first time in their history that they've scored more points than they've given away. There we go. It's incredible. Uh, Yeah, that's a it sounds ridiculous, but we're really happy about that up here. So, now well, well done to the Suns. I'll probably often probably we'll, we'll get to exit interviews in a second, Jack. Have, enjoy your Mad Monday, Suns. You've, you've earned it this year. Uh, Tuke Miller, we've covered off on him. What a gun! What a season! Superstar. I mean, yeah. t- even on the weekend, twenty-five touches, eight clearances. He set a season record this year: fifteen clearances against West Coast. No one's matched that. He's been incredible for the Suns, and we talk about a well, we talk about a leader. You got Took Miller right there, named in the All Australian side, along with Jared Witts, the co-captain, who was bloody dominant in the ruck this year. You'd yeah. have to go and consult Swamp or maybe Ash Chua, but I'd have to say that would be possibly the biggest hit-out differential. Um, Eight, I've got the numbers at the end of the season: eight hundred and thirty-three hit-outs. Nearest best was Riley O'Brien on seven hundred and thirty-six. Oh, okay. Ninety-seven wow. differential. Ninety-seven. Okay, yeah. still that's it's about fifteen percent on him. It's huge. It's yeah, absolutely that's, huge. that's three games worth. Yeah. Now, um, uh, Jake, you mentioned uh, 
exit interviews, and you mentioned Alex Sexton, who six goals on the weekend. Uh, has he maybe? Joe, we, we've worried about him this year, but has he brought himself back into contention? So I've I've got a bit of an exercise for both of you. Play a bit of list manager. Now remembering Isaac Ooh. Rankin is probably uh, out of here. Of Cap course. on here. We we don't know anything. We are only speculating. Uh, and let's have a look at Big Sexy. Six goals on the weekend. He pops up when he needs to. Fellas, are the Gold Coast holding on to Alex Sexton's services in 2023? Well, Alex Sexton's one of those players that I guess like the only thing I could compare it to is mixed martial arts, where there's just one guy that he can box but can't do anything else. <laughs> Alex Sexton can kick goals and do not much else. That's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, he's a specialist, but and up until a week ago, before he kicked the six goals, I'd say, yeah, prime candidate to get delisted. And I thought the Suns did the right thing by giving him a, a, a bit of a send-off game. But some of those goals were absolute class. And, you know, six goals in a game of footy these days is a, is a hard feat to accomplish. So he may potentially earn himself a re-rookie. I would re-rookie him. Okay. We'll punch through the next few because we've got a couple to go through. It's Big Sammy Day. I would keep him around on a one-year deal um, for some key position depth. We know that he can come in. He can fill a gap in defence. He can be a, a pinch-hitting you know, tall forward and he can even go through the ruck. So I feel like he gives you, you know, versatility and depth that, in key position. So, yeah, keep him around for another year. Very nice. Yeah. Experienced, honest contest guy. May as well hang on to him. He's big enough to uh, to do some damage when we need him. Oh, okay. Well, this one tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. Rory Thompson. It, it does. Um, and I've got to get the shotgun out for Bambi here. No! It's, oh. <laughs> it's uh, well, it like an incredible story to battle back to play AFL footy after four years off with you know some, some pretty horrendous knee injuries. Nobody's going to forget that. And, you know, he's been a... You know, a great part of the Gold Coast, but the wrong side of 30. They've got key position players that they're uh, developing there at the Suns, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him you know, get delisted. Yeah, I think the fairy tale's over as well. So. <laughs> but it was lovely to see him return this year, four years out. It was a, it was a big deal. It's the draft hand that the Suns have coming up in the offseason. They will ha- well, look, they're they have... Great, get... They're going to have a really high pick from the Crows. Yeah, exactly right. So probably about yeah. that. Well, given that Rankin was at pick three, they'll get a very high pick there. I believe they've also got 10 and a couple maybe towards the late 20. So they've, they've got a very strong hand. We'll see if they package up a few of those, but uh, they'll come into the draft looking pretty hot. And given that they finished 12th. A pretty tidy fixture for next year as well. And just um, touching on what we talked about at the top of the show, as we said, Isaac Rankin has formally requested a move back to South Australia. Jack, as we said, we know where that's probably going. They'll sort out the details of that, but that does mean a most likely a priority pick for the Suns. Which they don't really have any glaring holes in their list, so they can go after the best player available, which is that's very, it's what you want to have on draft night. It's very exciting stuff and a very big show of Northern Exposure this week. We'll be back next week. Full preview of the Lions elimination final against the Tigers. This is absolutely huge and we can't wait. Jack Fulham, Will Ralston, my name's Nick Davis. Triple M Rocks footy, Northern Exposure. Oh, Ro- sorry, just before oh! we, just before <laughs> we no, sign no. off. During the outro. Sorry. During the outro. Sorry, there was one thing that I wanted left. to... <laughs> sorry, I, there was his catchphrase. What? There was one thing I did want to bring up. Hey, this is this is as Queensland footy as it gets. I want to say a huge congratulations to the Southport Sharks for being the only standalone team to make the VFL finals. Great um, call. Good on them. Th- yeah, they've been a huge part of footy on the Gold Coast for a long time. So much money. They finished third. Yeah, so, <laughs> so huge pokey room. And probably the best buffet on the Gold Coast. No, well, <laughs> yeah. well, here's to the buffet. <laughs> but 
Yeah, only standalone club to make the VFL finals. They finished third on the ladder. It's an outstanding effort from them because a lot of people, when sort of Aspley, Southport came into the uh, the VFL at the start of last year, questioned their place in that competition. So it's a huge effort. Well done to them. Uh, good on yeah, them. Cool. They're taking on the Lions at Moreton Bay, one uh, thirty-five Saturday afternoon in that final. Triple M Rocks footy, Northern Exposure, Rocks Queensland. One, one, one. No, no, I'm done. Oh. <laughs>